Welcome back to the Nullify Take, where I've got the TNT takes for you on Survivor 42, Episode 2. Now, I know I didn't do one of these videos for Episode 1. I wasn't too sure if I wanted to continue to do the short-form videos next to the podcasts, but I've noticed that a lot of you that follow this channel in recent times have really enjoyed the short 10-15 to 15 minute videos that I've been putting out for Australian Survivor after each episode. So I'm going to do that for Survivor 42 moving forward as well. If you are new to this channel and you've never watched any of my videos because you don't watch Australian Survivor, welcome to the channel. My name's Chris. I host the podcast here on the Nullify Take where we talk about Survivor, the Amazing Race and also the Challenge, the Challenge CBS to follow pretty soon with a lot of great Survivor players on that cast. So if you enjoy uh, this type of content, please hit the like, hit the subscribe and follow this channel. When we get to 500 subscribers, I'm going to make an Australian Survivor merch buff available for last season. It's very rare and when we hit 1,000 subscribers, I'm going to be making available 5 merch buffs for the first five seasons of Survivor US CBS so um, there is going to be some free giveaways on this channel more than anything else I really just want you guys to be actively participating in the conversation leave a comment below put a like on it tell me what was your five biggest takeaways as well as I do this throughout the season but without further ado let's get into the five biggest takeaways for me from episode two number one Mike finds the idol, but who's really in control here at Butty? Because it is really interesting. We see Mike go out, search for the idol, ultimately finds it, but he then loses it later on in the episode, which shows you that, you know, Mike has been, I think, one of those players coming into the season that I was a bit low on. I wasn't too sure how he was going to fit in with this tribe. He's got a younger tribe around him. This is a new generation of survivor players. And, you know, how was he going to fit in? But he looks like he was doing socially extremely well up until this point where everybody got along with him. We had that clip of him in the first episode where he said that people perceive him as this big pit, pit bull pit dog type of person and that he has to lower the guards by showing them that he's actually quite a friendly and open and honest guy I should have known better because prior to him coming onto the season one of his favorite players was Ty um, him liking Ty should have told me that there's more than meets the eye but you know he may have tanked his game slightly here in this episode because he finds the beware advantage and like we know as viewers because we've watched the previous season before the beware advantage is going to mean that he's going to lose his vote until two other people in the other two tribes also finds the beware advantage and they say Jeff's phrase at um, immunity or reward when they go in for these challenges so uh, he's in a really really bad spot and because of that he says that he was never going to tell anybody about the idol great that's survivor 101 in my opinion if you get an idol you don't tell anybody about it but in this case he doesn't have a vote so what does he do he tries to go to the people that is closest to him in his tribe and so the two people that he goes and talks to is Daniel and Jenny on his tribe so Jenny seems to be rock solid she doesn't go and tell anybody about this from what we could see on the edit but Daniel does go and talks to Chanel in his tribe who seems to be the person that he's the closest aligned with in that tribe and he says that Mike's got the idol he nearly lost it he found it again but we've got all the power really without having no vote in the game we can decide when this gets activated now obviously Mike trusts Daniel a lot because he goes to him and tells him about it and also listens to Daniel when Daniel gives him the advice to not say anything at the next challenge let someone else first start using the phrases we know what those phrases are 
as per the clue that we got on the idol. So let someone else tell us that they've got a clue to the idol before we risk our own game and tell people about it. Or it makes it sound like it's their game. In fact, it's Mike's game. But I thought it was really interesting because Daniel observes something here this episode and it's that he's got all the power without losing his vote and he ultimately can decide if that idol is going to get activated because he can continue to let Mike know don't activate the idol yet or he can just choose to vote Mike out before it becomes a thing and then they don't have to worry about the idol. It's one of the things that I actually do enjoy about the beware advantage. I don't like the phrases but the fact that you have to work with other people and other tribes to get it activated makes it a little bit harder for someone to get an idol in their possession and it actually eliminates the threat of an idol uh, quite well in this game. I mean even last season I didn't feel like there was an overkill of idols. There was a lot of other twists but idols have been for a lack of a better word, nullified to a certain degree this season, and a lot of people are going to know you've got it. In my opinion, getting the idol under these conditions, under the beware conditions, it's not a benefit to your game whatsoever unless you're in very big trouble, but you don't want to be in that trouble to begin with. So um, obviously, you can't fold him for it. He didn't know what the beware advantage meant, and we obviously have seen that previous season, so we probably would have been a little bit more cautious as fans if we got the beware advantage on the island. Number two... Drea attempts to start an all-girl alliance with Swati and Tori on the Ika tribe, the blue tribe, and Swati is very reluctant of jumping into bed with Drea here, um, and it's going to be interesting because one of these two I feel like are going to go before the merge. It's either going to be Drea or it's going to be Swati, and at this point, I went back and forth with Jake, my co-host, and Dino Polo from Survivors of Africa, who was our guest last week, about if Drea is going to play a good game this season or not, and if she should have been one of our top three players. Ultimately, I went into that episode low on Drea. I ended up putting her in my top three, and Jake went very high on her, and then he ended up not putting her in his top three. So we kind of both convinced each other um, to go the opposite direction of what we were going to do coming into that podcast. But... The thing with Drea for me is she's played very hard, very fast from the beginning of the game. Now, the thing between being brilliant at this game and a great player and being someone that is voted out early is very, very thin. Like, I mean, look at a guy like Tony Vlachos. He's gone from winning the game to being voted out first to being a winner again in the game. And I think sometimes you need that aggression um, and spunk to your gameplay to make things happen. And especially in a season like this where there's only six players per tribe now five players in their tribe you know they have to move very quickly or they're going to get left behind and i feel like swati if she doesn't get a call this was a perfect spot for swati and tori to say yes let's do this all girl thing we've got the majority then in this tribe and we can get it over roxroy and romeo in that tribe so i think at the end of the day it's a missed opportunity here by swati to take control of the game tori would have jumped on it because she's desperate at this point to do anything and get into any alliance that she can but ultimately, this is either going to make or break Swati, and it's either going to make or break Drea. And I don't know which way it's going to go yet. I feel like Drea's either going to flame out very early on, or she's going to become the biggest player that we have this season. I'm hoping Drea stays long, because she seems like someone that is going to be entertaining to watch. She's going to make big moves. Some of it might be sloppy. Some of it might be brilliant. She could be a future... Tony Vlacos type of character on my screen which I would love to see or even a big villain because she looks like she will cut anyone the big fear and it's a very very big fear that I have for Drea is that she seems to be all over the place episode one she wanted to work with Romeo she wanted to work with Roxroy now she's completely gone against that and suddenly she wants to work with the girls 
Who's she going to want to work with in episode three? And is she going to be all over the place the whole time? Because again, you don't want that unpredictability within your alliance. Now, number three, Jonathan and Omar seems to be the power duo that we're going to have to watch out for this season. And I'm really loving this um, two different people getting together and forming this alliance the thing that i love about survivor personally was going back all the way to season one where an old navy seal formed an alliance with a gay corporate man from somewhere in america and they seem to make it work season one already of the show they could find a way to work together and get to the end and i always loved seeing people from different walks of life different backgrounds having to find a way to work together to get to their common goal and Omar and Jonathan in real life may have never crossed each other's paths. They may have never been friends. But after the show, if they can stick together and run the season, these two guys are probably going to be mates for the rest of their lives. And that's the type of thing I like to see. Jonathan came into the season. People, myself included, were really low on his chances because he's this big, muscly alpha guy. He doesn't look like he's got any um, common sense or social awareness in regards to how he's going to be perceived. And let's be honest, similar to Tori, he would have stood out this season as someone where people would look at them and say, we don't want them around. They're good looking, beautiful people. Everything's They've got everything going for them. Let's vote them out early. But Jonathan here, very, very self-aware to know that someone like Omar brings certain skills to the table that he does not have. And similar to episode one, where he was willing to take this step back and say, I'm not going to solve this puzzle. The people who can do this, you sort this out. I'll go sort out the camp. Similar to that, he is now recognizing he can't run this game on his own and there's certain weaknesses that he is going to have and he's willing to work with people that are going to complement that, which is the sign of a great player. And I think Omar being that strategic social player um, and the one with the smarts, you know, you've got Jonathan there as an attachment to that, the brawn. I think they're right. They're going to make the perfect player between the two of them. The greatest duos in this game, they balance each other out. So I'm very excited to see how um, that's going to play out. Another thing I wanted to also say with this segment and especially about Omar and the Taku tribe, I really love how they are embracing each other's differences. You know, there is so much people out there these days that say, you either have to go this direction or you go that direction. And um, if you're not agreeing with me or you don't have the same belief system as me, then I'm not going to associate with you. But again, here you've got someone who's a Muslim on the show allowed to practice his faith and everybody respects that. And you've got Christians in the game as well who are there and saying, hey, listen, we're happy to learn from each other. And I think we need more of that in life. We need people to be talking to each other instead of um, shutting down like we see a lot of the times in society these days. So great moment. Uh, love both Jonathan and Omar. And that is my third takeaway for this episode. Now, takeaway number four, let's stay with the Taku tribe. Now, I know Marianne is someone that everybody online absolutely loves, and who couldn't love that ball of energy? I mean, she seems so lovable. But this episode is kind of proving me right in regards to what I said in the first recap that we did in our podcast, that she's going to grate on people after a while. She's high energy all the time. She doesn't know how to shut, shut down. Um, and I think that she is in danger when it comes to the long game here. And even if she doesn't, like, I'd be shocked if she makes it to the end of this point. And I'm happy to be wrong. I think she makes for great TV. Now, would I want to be on an island with her? I don't know. Um, and again, this is nothing to Marianne if she's ever listening to this. I think we'd probably be great friends in real life. But on the island, when you don't have food in your belly and you're somebody that is just struggling to survive and you get this ball of energy next to you, 
constantly happy and smiling and you know moving at the pace that she's moving at and speaking so freely and openly about how she feels all the time i think it will grate on you after a while and it's interesting they had a choice here this episode between maria maria and marianne in regards to who they were going to vote out for and you know in my opinion marianne is a bit of a risk because i feel like she's going to bring an unpredictability about her she's going to hustle she's going to look for idols like she did this specific episode she's already got an extra vote which nobody knows about but she's going to play this game hard and she's either going to flame out as a kamikaze pilot here early on or she's going to go deep in the game the jury's still out on marianne um ultimately Jonathan got his way here because he had a closer relationship with Marianne than what he did with Mariah, which it seemed like both Omar and Lindsay were more than happy to work with Mariah instead of Marianne, but it didn't go that way. Now, point number five, Mariah voted out in episode two. For me, looking at Mariah's game, it just looked like she really struggled to connect with people out there. I mean, Jonathan felt like he didn't have that connection, and maybe she opened up here in this episode telling us about her brother uh, being a nurse and sadly uh, passing away, working as a first responder um, in that time when COVID just hit, and it's sad to hear, and my heart goes out for her, and I think that she probably came into this game seeking something different from winning the money and she wanted that experience closure um and one of the things i always believe with survivor is that you definitely you can go there and find yourself and learn more about yourself but i think the people who do the best in survivor are the ones who actually already know themselves and it's the ones that go in there with a plan on how to win the game they play from day one especially in a game such as this survivor where it's only 26 days you've only got six people in your tribe you've got to hit the floor running day one and sadly it did not work out that way for her in this game and she just didn't find those meaningful connections and i think that it came down to two things really uh, like the episode tell, told us here basically it came down to could they work with her firstly and then secondly could she help them build relationships with other people bring them in disarm them and get alliance members on their side they're going to be down to four people after this episode already sadly they lost jackson in week one so they need people that they can work with that they think can build their numbers when they get to a tribe swap or to emerge so they're going for marianne because she's got the energy she's got the ability to socialize and be open and talk to people rather than someone like a mariah who probably was a bit more introverted out there and really struggled to connect with people so i understand it from that point of view and they can still get rid of Mar marianne if she doesn't make it pass if they lose another challenge so probably a great choice by them any case that's my top five takes here for episode two please let me know what you think about this what do you agree with what do you disagree with um and who are you shouting for this season who do you think is going to win everything at this point i've got to be honest i'm kind of team jonathan because he shocked me i had him as my last pick for the draft picks this season um and he's come in and shocked me so far so let's see what he can do long term and if he could be that blue chip stock that i bought at a low value right at the end of our draft pick and goes on to win the whole season if you like this type of content and you want to see more of my thoughts and also jake's thoughts and our special guest this week angel cake from the angel cake entertainment channel here on youtube please jump onto the recap over the weekend we'll have that up and most likely will be live at 8 p.m friday evening um, i look forward to chatting to you guys then and like always see you on the other side